I can tell you one blind spot uh, that I'm gonna be dealing with in my own life in 2023, and just someday I'm gonna show up on this stage and you're gonna wonder who that guy is with that full head of hair, because someday I'm, I'm dealing with this sucker right here in 2023, I don't know. I was at Christmas and I kept seeing my dad and I'm like, that is me in just a few years. His hair has been migrating from his head to his back. <laughs> so I've been excited to preach today. I've been excited to jump in and didn't quite know what to expect on the first day of the year as a holiday day, who would show up, but I knew I wasn't preparing a message for those that were a part of Timber Creek Church. This is a message for those that showed up today. You showed up, God's got a word for you. He has you in mind today. This is not a TED talk today. This is a word from the Lord, I believe, directly from him to you. I hope that I can help deliver that message and get out of the way and we can really live this thing out in 2023. Anybody ever started any, uh, have you started any resolutions already? Anybody? Yeah, a few. Uh, how many of you plan on it? You just haven't written them down yet. You're getting to it, but one of your resolutions is like, I gotta stop procrastinating. You know, that's like number one. You, by January 10th, I'm gonna have my new year's resolutions. Um, resolutions are great. Um, I think habits are better. It's one thing to write it down, it's another thing to make a habit. But I can tell you that I've had plenty of resolutions that I've written down and tried to make a habit and it didn't work because I didn't have the resolve uh, to really keep that resolution. Way, uh, back in the day in 2007, 15 years ago, I still have the unopened box. Didn't even take the time to open the box, but it was a resolution, baby. I was gonna go to the Rosetta Stone and I was gonna learn Espanol, and I learned nada. <laughs> Didn't learn a thing, still got the box, it's unopened. I wanna to talk to you about Rosetta Stone today, but not, not this Rosetta Stone, I wanna talk about the actual Rosetta Stone that in 1799, over 220 years ago, archeologists uncovered the Rosetta Stone that had on it, you can see here somewhat, it's not as clear in the picture, three different sections of this tablet had three different languages on it. In a closer look, we see that the, the, the top of this stone was hieroglyphics. The next piece was a Dometic language, so it was translating the hieroglyphics into Dometic. Then the Dometic and hieroglyphics was translated into a very, very well-known language at the time of uh, Greek. And so this was the first moment that anybody could actually understand all of those images, the wingdings, if you will, on your fonts of all these hieroglyphics. They had to have a translation because they just couldn't decipher. They couldn't break the code of what all the little pieces of Egyptian culture was. But this Rosetta Stone cracked open History. This Rosetta Stone uh, illuminated so much that was hidden right in front of their eyes. They just couldn't translate it. I wonder how much is in our lives that we see, but sometimes we just don't know how to translate it. M many times, wounds are very easy to see and experience 
very hard to translate. Obstacles, we see them, hard to translate, hard to understand and decipher what's happening behind the scenes. I wanna offer you uh, a Rosetta Stone resolution today. A resolution that I believe is like a code book for you. A resolution that if, if you will use it to go back and forth from the Rosetta Stone resolution to life's lost in translation moments, because there will be those kind of moments this year. That if we go back to the deciphering tool, back to the code book, back to the understanding, the stone that's way beyond a, a Rosetta stone, but really the corner stone. I truly believe God is going to give you not a perfect year, but it could be a better year. It will be a better year if we understand the Rosetta Stone resolution. Now unpack this idea. We're gonna to go to the Old Testament to Second Chronicles of Narnia. No, that's not in the Bible. Second, that's C.S. Lewis. Uh, Second Chronicles chapter 20. And you can read along in your Bible or follow along on the TV. I encourage you this year, um, I, I, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. We try to make it very low-hanging fruit for you to experience scripture while we preach. Uh, that's why we have the television here, the, the, the monitor, and so I can look at the scripture together with you and I can point to words and we can highlight things. But if we're not careful, we will uh, enable you to more rely on what I'm providing for you on a TV versus what you need to hold in your hand, whether it be a smartphone or a physical Bible. Everybody, bring your Bible to church. Start bringing your Bible to church. Whether I, whether I speak from a different translation than your Bible, what a great habit to just have your Bible in your hand. Okay, everybody? So let's go to 2 Chronicles 20, starting with verse one. And the scripture says, after this, after this, three enemy nations united to attack King Jehoshaphat. I love Jehoshaphat. We need to bring that name back in 2023. We either call him Jeho, Jeho, no, no, not that, Joe. Jeho, that's not a good, or fat. That's not a good one either. But we can bring Jehosi. We can bring Jehosi back. After this, three enemy nations attacked. What did King Jehoshaphat do to deserve being attacked on almost every single side? What kind of danger did he do? What kind of rule did he break against God? What kind of command did he break? Actually, the absolute opposite is true. King Jehoshaphat brought God back into the middle of the kingdom. He tore down the sexual idols and the financial idols. He set and appointed judges all across the land to rule well using the word of God and the wisdom of God as the foundation, the measuring tape on how to rule from big cases like murder to little cases like somebody, you know, put a fence on my property. Like their landscaping is coming over 
over my property line. They, he was sharp and smart and was an incredible leader for his age. And it was after all those good things, after all the, the great things, the three enemies attack. Yeah, careful, careful. Many times the enemy's not gonna necessarily greet you and everything's bad because he's kind of got you where you want, he wants you. But after a great victory, after something powerful, right after the last supper, Jesus is washing Peter's feet and Peter denies him. Like right after Jesus is baptized, goes into ministry, the sky splits open and God himself speaks, this is my son. Then the enemy wants to come in and tempt him in the wilderness. 2023 may be the end of one thing and the, the beginning of another. It doesn't mean that if things were good in your relationship with God, that it's a guarantee that everything's slow motion run like Julie Andrews through the mountains of, of the Netherlands with daisies and buttercups. Like, get ready. Usually the enemy comes after a victory. After this, three enemy nations united to attack King Jehoshaphat. The spies told him, huh, King, a huge combined army is marching to Jerusalem right now to defeat you. I mean, this isn't, we, we heard that they're considering it. They are marching. And the scripture goes on to say, like, it's even into En Gedi. Like, this is not like they're 70 miles away. This is like they're pulling up into the garage. They're pulling up into the driveway of Jerusalem. We got to take care of this situation. We don't know what to do. Scared and worried. The wise King Jehoshaphat, who the chapter earlier was doing the right thing, Scared and worried, King Jehoshaphat made a resolution. He resolved, he determined, he set his focus, he resolved to seek the Lord. Any king in that moment could have resolved to blow the trumpet and call all the archers to the wall. In that moment, it doesn't seem like it's time to bow your knee and pray. It seems like this is the moment to round the troops and start put, battening down the hatches and putting the huge, you know, the, the, the huge railroad tie on the gates, lift the drawbridge and kind of really just pray as you pull the bow back. But Jehoshaphat resolved to seek the Lord. Friends, here's your Rosetta Stone resolution for 2023. Resolve to seek the Lord first. Just, just, just determine that no matter what, I'm gonna seek the Lord for seek first his kingdom and all of his righteousness, all of his rightness, and all the other things are added. That's not just a flowy, puffy poem. That is powerful words from Jesus himself to you and me in 2023. Seek me and my kingdom first. 
Just recently, a poll came out of the top resolutions people are making in 2023. Let me give you the first 13. Here are the top four. Improving physical health, saving more money, exercising more, and eating healthier. Hallelujah, I can get on those, absolutely. I'd love to improve and save and exercise and eat healthier-ish. They're the first four. Here are the next four. I wanna be happy. Doesn't God just want me happy? I can tell you this. He wants you holy more than he wants you happy. And it's not about happiness because happiness is happenings. It's all based on happenings. He does want you to have joy, but joy is a choice. Joy is a choice. To lose weight, yep, pay down debts, you name it. Learn something new. Rosetta Stone. Here are the next four. I wanna improve my mental health. Absolutely. The stinking thinking and, and the stuff that, we, that goes on from the neck up. Spending more time with family, improving relationships with friends or family. Listen, uh, we were having a conversation with my mom and dad at Christmas in Kansas. It was, it was, ugh. You know when hell freezes over? Like that happened in Kansas, by the way. That was like, it was bad. And so cold, negative 30 wind chill. And uh, we're hanging out in the, in the house. And my brother said this. He said, you know, if mom and dad, my mom and dad are 63 and 62. And uh, some of you are like, man, that's pretty young for, for yeah, they had me at 13 and 14. Um, no, 18 and 19. But close, close. I'd say there's not much difference. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I have a 19-year-old and a 14-year-old. There's a big difference. Uh, he said, mom and dad, if you live another 25 years, okay, and we hope longer, but if you live another 25 years, it's not that we have another 25 years with you. It's actually we have about 50 visits if we only see each other two times a year. We have about 50 more visits. That puts some things into perspective real fast. Got to put the right things first. And you would think that improving family time would be the number one Rosetta Stone resolution. But I promise you, you won't understand even family dynamics without seeking the Lord first. Understanding the Lord and how he wants us to behave in family dynamics. Gonna read more. And then finally we get to number 13, focus on spiritual matters. Friends, I'm gonna tell you, it's not just one of the pawns on the chess piece. It's the game. It's the deal. It's the board. It's everything. All of these things can be added unto you if we would just take number 13 and make it number one. Resolve to seek the Lord first. Well, sounds good, and, and, and that, that can preach, but like, Really, what does that look like? And here's what I think we've tried to make it look like. You have got to read your Bible and pray every day. Now, those are very important habits. Those are very important habits. You ought to read your Bible and pray every day. But reading, uh, it, just having a habit will not necessarily develop a deeper seeking, but it will checkmark the list. If you're gonna read and if you're gonna pray, seek the Lord in that. Invite with an open heart and open hands and open eyes and open mind and open ears. 
What are you really wanting to say? Because I want to hear it. Have you ever read the Bible and as you're reading, you're reading to get the chapter done and you really kind of forgot what you were just reading and you had to kind of go back and read it again because you're doing it, you're just reading it instead of understanding what's really inviting Jesus to speak to us in that. So how do you do that? Here's how. Jehoshaphat resolved to seek the Lord and thank you, God, for the word. Because he doesn't just say he sought the Lord, but it shows what he does in this process. And in this story, we see just a few step-by-step approaches that Jehoshaphat takes privately, publicly, and together with his family on how to really seek the Lord first. I'm inviting you, let 2023 be seeking the Lord privately, publicly, and as a family. Privately, publicly, and as a family. Seek the Lord in those areas. Let me give you number one. Here's what Jehoshaphat does. Number one, he does this and we can do this in 2023. Set your focus on your God, not your blank. Now that's not because I'm cussing blank. That's because your blank may not be my blank. Your blank might be a blankety blank blank. But your blank is your blank and my blank is my blank and we gotta focus more on God than our whatever it is that fills in the blank. Because many times whatever fills in the blank that we're focusing on more, that becomes our God. So actually, inadvertently, Set your focus on the biggest thing in your life and whatever that thing you focus on is, that is your God. So instead of focusing on that, focus on God instead of on that temporary false idol. And they can look a lot of different ways. Focus on God instead of just fixing what's wrong in your spouse. On not letting your kids be the idol in your life. Focus on God first. You can focus on the wound or you can give it to God. Your bank account or you can trust God for provision. You can deal with focusing on that divorce or on God. The job opportunity, the conflict, the family dysfunction, the trial that you're going through, the fear, the revenge, even the religion. You can focus on the religious trappings of a relationship with God and you can do all the right things and never really know him personally. You can be close to Jesus and never really touch him. Just like all the other people that were crowded around Jesus as he was walking around the street, but there was someone with a heart that had an issue all those other people that were crowded around Jesus, no doubt they were rubbing against him, but it was the woman that had an issue, that had a desire, that had a resolve to seek Jesus first. And she pushed through the crowd and you can be crowded and never really be close to him. But that desire to get close and touch just the hem of his garment your worry, your strength, your ability, and oh my goodness, the biggest idol of all, our desire for control. Focus on your God, not what you can't control. Focus on your God. And that's what Jehoshaphat does because at this season, in this moment, with, with three enemy nations coming up the driveway of Jerusalem, Jehoshaphat don't have a lot of time. 
And so he puts it in the most important place. He prays and he says, oh Lord, are you not the God who's in heaven? You rule over every kingdom and nation. You're powerful and mighty. Nothing and no one can defeat you. And God, did you not drive out those who tried to keep us from living here when you brought us back home? Like, you've done this before. We know who you are. We know what you do in layman's terms. What is he saying? God, I just want to remind you of your greatness and unlimited power. Now, why does Jehoshaphat have to remind God of his unlimited greatness and power? Because he ain't reminding God. He's having to remind himself. The reason we worship and praise God is, is, is not because God has an ego trip and needs your praise and worship, but really he's doing it for you to learn a powerful, to strengthen a powerful muscle of worship and praise, putting him in the rightful position, reminding him of who he is because actually you're just reminding you of who he is. And also God, not only that, do we remind him of his unlimited power. You are so limited, everybody. I'm so limited. But also, did you not give this promised land to your friend Abraham's descendants to be theirs forever? Like you made a promise to us and it looks like that promise is about ready to be broken by the bows and the arrows and the fiery catapults of three enemy nations coming down our throat right now. And so what is Jehoshaphat praying? How is he seeking the Lord? He's God, I want to remind you of your promises. 7,000 promises in the Bible. 7,000 promises you can hang on. That's why you ought to know the Bible. That's why you ought to take time. Because there are so many promises left on the table. So many offers on the table. That you can just leave it there. Because you don't understand the kind of promises you can claim. In knowing God and seeking him first and his kingdom first. He goes on to, to pray. This is the king, the king, the big guy, the main guy, the guy that's supposed to have the answers and supposed to have all the authority. And this guy, listen, men, listen, men. If the only answer you got is to seek God, you got the answer. You got the answer right now. Lord, we are powerless against this mighty army that is coming to attack us. And wow, we don't know what to do. But that isn't our problem anymore these days, is it? But we know what to do. Google.com, baby. Google.com becomes God.com for many people. If I can just find the answer, if I can just Google it, if I can just get what everybody else thinks, if I can just scroll Facebook and come up with that new recipe for how to make my marriage hot and sexy or whatever it is, instead of putting the right things right, the first things first, there are times, and I invite you, it will make you stronger when you admit your weaknesses. Admitting your weaknesses doesn't make you weaker, it makes you stronger. Because it is in my weakness that I find his strength. If I'm always strong, guess what I leave on the table? His strength. It's available to me. But I got to find my own weakness to engage the gear of his strength. Lord, we're powerless. We don't know what to do. But we are looking to you for help. We don't know what to do. Many people just stop the scripture there. We don't know what to do. Okay, thanks a lot, God. And they never like, they expect to, the 
cloud to bust open like the moment Jesus is baptized or pop the toast out of the toaster and there's the face of Jesus like, invest in whatever. <laughs> like, God, what do you want to remind me to do? All throughout scripture, he's reminding the Israelites, put me first, put me first, put me first. And you know the whole story of Israel? Figuring out, oh, we, we should have put God first. We should have put God first. Why didn't we put God first? Why didn't we put God first? Basically, when we seek the Lord first, we're, we're saying to God, we're, we're admitting and we're declaring in a good way not in a shamed way, a wonderful way. God, I, I can't do this on my own. I can't do this. I need you to do this. Now, now I'm not talking about my 14-year-old son cleaning his room when I ask. Okay, that's just a habit. We don't need God to have a breakthrough in his life. Well, maybe we do, I don't know, to just like obey the first time. But I'm, I'm talking about things that you didn't see coming and stuff that you can't necessarily predict and challenges you've been trying to fix that just are without your ability to fix them. God, I can't do this on my own. I need you to do this. What is it that your focus that needs to be turned to focusing on God, not your blank? Number two, actively wait actively wait. I missed my flight a couple years ago in Atlanta, Georgia. I was at the gate, but I did not actively wait. I slept. I slept and then I got on Facebook and I was just creeping y'all. I was creeping y'all. I, oh, I watch. Trust me. I just watch. Oh my goodness. interesting. <laughs> I'll like it. I'll heart it. I'll say, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was not actively waiting. Waiting isn't just arms crossed and not paying attention. There, there's, there's a, it, it's baseball ready, everybody. When we actively wait, we're, 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 we're baseball ready. We're not picking daisies in left field. We're waiting, poised, looking, aware, we know who's on third. We know what's going on. We know how many strikes there are. We're actively waiting, but we're not just waiting by ourselves. We're actively waiting in the right room. If you're waiting in the wrong room, you're not gonna hear your name called when you need to go back to see the person you need to see. You gotta wait in the right room for the right people. And you gotta wait with the right people. So everybody, Nagadoshes, Dieball, Duncan, right here in Lufkin, let's say that one together. Number two, actively wait. Come on, actively wait in the right room with the right people. What does that look like? Here's what Jehoshaphat does. Here's who he gathers. Look at this. Then all the men of Judah stood before the Lord waiting with their wives and young children and even babies. The average American is attending a church service once every six 
weeks. Part of the reason I preach in sermon series is because we're trying to show a key concept. And if I preach a six week series, many people will hear one message out of all six. Men, your family's spiritual health is more important than the next hunting trophy. And your kid's spiritual development is more important than the out of the park home run. My kid has missed Sundays going to select ball tournaments. So ain't no shame in that game. Play ball, have fun, watch online, give online. (laughs) But if we put all those things as more important, you will see some kind of effect to that. So waiting in the right room with the right people, there's something about gathering together in church. There's something about it. It's a spiritual thing, not just a good habit. It's a supernatural spiritual thing, everybody. There there are chains that are broken. There are connections. there, there, There are wounds that are mended. There's something that happens in this place. And it's not because you have to come to church to experience the presence of Jesus. He's with you. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. But as we gather together, there's just something he does corporately. This is a prayer that goes way beyond Jehoshaphat saying, oh, I gotta seek you, Lord. He gathers together publicly with the people and they seek him together. We want to see 2023 be a season where we are gathering together more consistently seeking the Lord first. Make it number one, not number 13. Number three, actively listen to the right voice. Have you ever been, maybe not like me at Atlanta at the airport, missing my flight because I was just not actively waiting? But have you ever missed the conversation because you're not actively listening? And you're at the, the table or they're talking to you and you're looking at in the eyes and Janet's saying, are, are we gonna do that? Are we gonna do this? And, 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 uh, and, uh, you know, and I'm, th- I'm thinking about who knows? Who knows what is going through my brain? Birds, I mean, it's like, it, it, it's crazy. Are you listening to me? I said, yes. Yeah, you're looking at me, but you're, you're, you, your face is like walking dead. You gotta actively listen to the right voice then. And actively listening to the right voice isn't waiting for the verbal voice of God in prayer, but there's something that the spirit cries out to spirit. There's something about God resonating in your heart. Do you know the voice you listen to the most? The voice you listen to the most is your own. It's in your head all the time. The voice you listen to the most is yours. So developing the habit of pushing back against our own voice and saying, okay, I'm saying I'm not enough. But God, you say I'm adopted into your family. I'm saying, how are we gonna survive? You say, I'm not gonna leave you or forsake you. I've got grace for you and mercy today. So I'm gonna take it down. Give us this day our daily bread because I don't know where tomorrow's bread's coming. I'm so worried about tomorrow that I can't even see you working today. And we gotta actively listen to the right voice. And this 
is what the Lord said to them. Don't be afraid. Do you know that fear is faith in the wrong thing? Fear is counterfeit faith. The enemy wants you to have faith in the wrong thing. And when we worry, we're putting our faith in what will go wrong and what won't happen in, in the lack that I'll receive, in the wound that will identify me. When I'm afraid, when I worry, when I, when I live in the anxiety beyond, a, 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 beyond some kind of um, medical reality, when I'm just so anxious, it's faith in the wrong thing. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Have courage. Don't be, don't, don't, don't be afraid of what's in front of you. The battle's not yours anyway. You're worried about fighting this battle and how you're gonna even face them. It's not even your battle. It's God's. Uh, you won't need to fight in this battle. What? But we wanna fight in this battle, don't we? I, l- listen to me. Let me take a time out for just a second. I cannot tell you how many conversations I've had with marriages on the brink. And the moment it gets to, it's almost over. How very quickly one or the other, they're going to get the jump on the next person by getting the document signed. Well, I'm not gonna let that. And what, 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 is, what is that doing? Us fighting the battle. Us fighting the battle. Us positioning ourselves. Us taking control. Versus seeking the Lord first. Versus saying, I, I, I'm not just gonna try. Because then what happens is maybe a marriage you didn't even want to end, but because we just needed to make sure whoever had the first say in the courts, like we did this, now you've gotten the, you've gotten the ball rolling it's really hard to pull that ball back sometimes. And all of a sudden it stacks. Seek the Lord first in everything, everything. But what if, I, what if I lose it? I promise you, if you seek the Lord first, God will provide. He's on the hook to provide. If you seek you first, you're on the hook to provide. You're on the hook to provide your own forgiveness, your own resources. You're on the hook to provide your own happiness. You're on the hook to provide your own joy, your own security, your own, your, your, your own identity. You're on the hook. And that's what our culture's doing. We're on the hook to provide all those things for us. We make a terrible creator God for ourselves. Don't be afraid. The battle's not yours. Take up your position. See, see, it's not that they just wait in the waiting room or just wait in the prayer room. They have to still take up their position. Battle stations. Archers where they need to go. Boulders where they need to go. Get the supplies stacked up with the rifles and the bayonets. Get Davy Crockett over here up on that perch over there. And then... Wait and watch, and you'll see the Lord deliver you. There is a divine partnership, everybody, that we, we step back and we wait, but actively waiting and actively listening doesn't exclude us from like two feet in a heartbeat. 
We activate, we step out, we live and move and have our being in Christ, but we start with getting our orders from here, here from him. Here's what God is saying in this. In, in layman's terms, he's saying, relax, relax. My Aunt Debbie, we went to uh, Reynosa, Mexico years ago, or no, it was Tijuana, it, right, right below uh, San Diego. And we went to the villages and we were bartering and man, I got the coolest switchblade comb, you know. Anyway, my Aunt Debbie was bartering over a Mickey Mouse sweatshirt. And the guy was saying it was one price and then he, then he quoted a different price and Aunt Debbie, don't get Aunt Debbie frustrated. Because Aunt Debbie mm, will, Z, will Z snap, right? She will get on you. And all I remember as a nine-year-old kid was a guy in Tijuana looking at my Aunt Debbie saying, relax, lady, relax. Count to 10. Uno, dos. And she's like, well, you said four. Tres, cuatro. Relax, lady. Can I just say, relax. Jesus is saying to you, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's terrible. <laughs> He's saying, it's my battle, not your battle. Let me handle it. How much are you fighting if you just put it in my hands? My goodness, keep serving in your position. Now, this would be unfortunate if you're not serving. Get in a position. Let this year be a year of serving. Let this year be a year of serving. I promise you, I, I know this sounds, it could be reverse psychology. It's not, I promise it is more important for you to serve on a team at Timber Creek or wherever you go to church than it is for us for you to serve on a team. It's more important for you. You will build community and connection and you honor God and you serve his kingdom and you put a, you put a heel on your own control and a heel on your own agenda and you put his agenda first and you start off the week right. It's time to join a team, everybody. If you've not been to starting point, it's time. If it's been years, but you said, I'm gonna let the younger whippersnappers take it over. We have a place for you. We need your wisdom. Men and ladies of the senior citizens group, we need your wisdom. You guys are charter oaks. We need your shade. We, we, we need those roots, especially in this culture. We need you, but you need that. Otherwise, it's wasting a gift. You still have fruit on the limbs that somebody else is going to benefit from. What a beauty that is. Number four, step out with your strongest weapons. And that's what Jehoshaphat does. So he makes sure that he's got the best people up front. He steps out in his strongest weapons. Here's what it says here in verse 21. Then the king and everyone else all bowed down on the ground and worshiped God because he had spoken. He said, wait and watch. And then here's what they do. Then the king appointed warriors and archers in gold armor to march in front of the army. They put them all out there and we will, we, like it was amazing. Now that makes sense if this is Sparta. But this is God's nation. This is God's people. So it wasn't warriors and archers in gold armor. 
That's not what the scripture says. The king appointed, (laughs) this is hilarious. He appointed musicians and singers in choir robes to march in front of the army. That would be like, that would be like Ohio State saying last night, we're gonna change up the plan. I want, the, I want you to choose uh, 11 of the band. And we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna receive the ball and I want three flutists, two clarinet players, the cymbal dude, and the guy doing this to receive. Like, it's like putting the band up front on the battlefield. But they were putting God first. And they didn't just loudly cry charge. They loudly praised and thanked the Lord. So if you're gonna step out with your strongest weapons, friends, it's thanksgiving and praise. It's thanksgiving and praise. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Into his courts with praise. I just read a psychology review. It was fascinating. Peer reviewed by scientists. It is impossible, impossible. The mind cannot process an attitude and an emotion of thankfulness and gratitude and worry and anxiety at the same time. It's impossible to be grateful and have gratitude while simultaneously being worried. Scientists reviewed. Why do you think, finally, scientists are catching up with God. Put your focus on me, thank me, put me first, give me praise. I'll take care of you, I'll take care of you. And so I'm gonna use my energy not to worry, I'm gonna use my energy to just thank Jesus. Yeah, but that just sounds so weak, yeah! Now you're getting it. Because when you're weak, when you stop trying to position yourself, oh, you're so strong. You know what they sang? Do you know what? Do you know what they sang? (laughs) As the deer panteth. No, that's not what they sang. That's what I sang on an overhead projector with the guy that, that had one, a pinky that was half gone, you know? You guys remember that in old church where the projector and they had the slides and the guy was putting their hand up there and our guy had a missing half of a pinky. It was awesome. So instead of, you know, singing, ah, Lord God, thou has made the heavens, we were thinking, man, look at that dude. I wonder what happened. I bet he got bit off by a dog. Like, like we're totally out. Here's what they sang. <laughs> I gotta wrap up. Here's what they sang. Mar. Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. His love? Give thanks to the Lord. 
is love. If you're seeking just the warrior God, I want you to know that that is what he will do. The battling God, that's what he will do. But over everything, he loves you. When you can truly surrender to a loving father that is not out to zap you, but desires relationship with you, that will help you when you have a boo-boo that you run to him instead of away from him. When my kids have been hurt, there's something that wells up in me when I hear, dad, daddy. And I'll bust out of bed in a sound sleep, run into the wall and then go find them. Cause that's the heart of a father that loves his kids. But my love can't even come close, children, to the kind of bounding up for you. And the good news is your God never sleeps. He never accidentally runs into something and stubs his toe and curses. He runs right to us. He knows where we are. He knows what we need. He knows who we are and what we lack and what he has for us is enough. But you don't know that just by praying prayers. You got to know it by his love for you and your love for him. And if you love him more, you'll want to seek him more. That's the Rosetta Stone resolution. Love him. You'll want to seek him first. At that moment, they began to sing and to praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to begin fighting among themselves. They just started fighting each other and they destroyed each other. So as Jehoshaphat's marching and they're all like, celebrate God, celebrate. They're killing each other. When the army of Judah finally arrived at the battleground, the valley was covered with dead bodies. Far as, as, far, far, far as they could see, no one had survived. And then on the fourth day, they gathered together for worship service in that valley. They worshiped. At the front end, they worshiped. At the back end, they worshiped. Marching into it, they worshiped. Friends, it's your weapons. Thanksgiving and praise. Don't leave your weapons here unattended on a Sunday without you. Don't leave them unattended in the morning on a Tuesday on your drive to work and you pick up the weapon of gossip or you pick up the weapons of frustration. You pick up the weapons of bitterness to kind of fight your battle versus picking up the weapons of thanksgiving and praise and putting him in his rightful place as king of kings and lord of lords of where everything and the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace for his God had given him rest on every side. Friends, seek the Lord first. Seek the Lord first. If you're married, talk to your spouse. What would it look like for us to seek the Lord first? What could we do in 2023 to seek the Lord first? Here's the deal. If you do, 
It's one of those promises in the Bible. You can expect the rest of this year to be the best financial year ever. I don't know. I can't guarantee that. Expect the rest of the year to be the best year ever in everything. Going to fit back into those pants you wore in high school. Expect the rest of this year to be the best rest ever. Because some of us are so tired. Busyness is a badge. And a lot of the busyness comes from us trying to fight our own battles. Provide everything all on our own. You partner. But he's the focus. And you can rest in that. Rest is holy. Rest is powerful. Rest is strategic. Rest is supernatural. I'll start a series next Sunday called The World Spins Madly On. Because it do, don't it? But as this world spins at over 800 miles an hour, what kind of choices can you make in 2023 that can keep you from spiritual, emotional, physical, financial vertigo. As the world spins madly on, how can you be rooted and solid? That's what we'll start next week. But to end today, we read that on the fourth day, they gathered for a worship service in that valley. On the fourth day, well, well, what happened for the first three days? Well, you, you rewind the story just a little bit and three days earlier, They showed up into that valley and they went out to gather the plunder and they found huge amounts of equipment and clothing and other valuables, all kinds of Amazon boxes left unopened, more than they could even carry back. In fact, in fact, and I love this line, it was so much loot, it took three days to collect it all. Like, I mean, we're not talking about stuff your pockets and go on. They had to go back and forth, U-Haul, Penske trucks, baby. So much loot. It took them three days to collect the loot. Oh my goodness, what a reward. This could be, this could be your, your new slogan for 2023. Are you ready? Here it is. So much loot for me in 2023. Now, before you write that down, Jesus himself. Every story in the Bible points to his son. Seek me first. I'll fight your battles. But instead of leaving an enemy bloodied on the ground, I'm gonna allow my son to be bloodied and die in your place to fight the ultimate battle for you and to shed his blood. But the plunder, 
three days in the grave, the greatest loot of all. Because a risen Savior gives himself to you. Jesus himself is the best reward and the right answer for every blank in 2023. I'm gonna invite all of our locations to stand. All of our locations to stand. Stay where you are. I wanna pray a blessing over this next year over you. We prayed a freedom prayer earlier. Now let's seek God together. Lord, we're reminded of your unlimited power. The God who puts the stars in the heaven, who creates the galaxies, who forms the birds of the air, the fish in the sea, who has power in his very words. God, you're not the kind of person we invite into our lives to be a rabbit's foot, to be a good secretary or an administrative assistant to us. We invite you to be God. We seek you first over every issue that we know about and that we don't know about. Stuff that we'll see coming that we'll be excited about and the stuff that we may not see coming that may slow us down and make us wonder, where are you? We will seek you. We're making that resolve, a Rosetta Stone, a deciphering resolution that if we'll go to you, you're the code, you're the answer, you're the fill in the blank, you're the hope, you're the grace, you're the truth, you're the life, you're the way, you're good, you're strong, you're able, you're king, you're powerful. All glory to the most high, supreme, all wise God. And we invite you to be first. Forgive us for letting you be any other place than first in our lives. We declare you will be first in our hearts today. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen.